Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. If you remove the H in flesh and spell the letters backwards, what do you get? Self. You get the word self. Isn't that so true? When you live in the flesh and you move in the flesh, you're often doing it for yourself. And we need to live for Jesus and deny the flesh daily, Jesus said, to be his disciple. And then when we do that, you guys, from what I'm learning, it's so much better to live for Jesus than live for self. Life with God is pretty simple. Love him and love others. Yet so often we allow the desires of our flesh to have priority in our lives. Today, Pastor Eric encourages us to deny the flesh, pick up our cross daily and simply walk in humble submission to God. When we do this, our lives are full of joy and blessing. Now, here's Pastor Eric with his continued study in the book of Judges. You go to a buffet. Why do you go to a buffet? You go because you want a variety of food. Like, you can't make up your mind on what to eat. And so you're like, oh, let's go to a buffet. There's a lot of things to choose from there. Yeah, great idea. And we can stuff our faces, you know, for, you know, 10 bucks. You go to a buffet, again, like I said, because you cannot set yourself on one style of food, and you want to dabble in a lot of different foods, okay? So that's how our flesh often wants to look at our relationship with God. Our flesh, our natural sinful nature is that we want to dabble around in the things that make us feel good, okay? And so if you can imagine spirituality as a buffet, right? We want to partake in a little bit of this. Oh, that sounds good to me, so I'll have a little bit of that, a little bit of good works, you know? Uh, I'll have a little bit of you know, being a monk, being silent and off in my own land. I like that idea. And so we can easily get in this idea of where I just want a little bit of everything on my plate. Okay, does that make sense? It makes sense in my mind. But uh, we justify our other portions because we still have God on the plate. We want more things on our plate. And we're like, it's okay. I still got God on here. It's just a little bit more added onto my plate. Uh, because I, I, I'm just not, I'm just looking for more. And a lot of you are shaking your head like, no, that's not right. Well, going back to the buffet idea of food, it is exciting to go to a buffet. I mean, am, am, right? To go to Golden Corral or something like that? Not my favorite, but, you know, like if it was a Chinese buffet, I'm pumped, you know? <laughs> If that's the only amen I get tonight, I'm in trouble. (laughs) But it seems to me that every time that I leave a a, a buffet, I seem to leave there in misery. My stomach is hurting. I'm like, oh, I so ate too much. I shouldn't have combined that food with this food because it doesn't go hand in hand. I'm hurting and I leave, I leave the buffet with a heartburn filled with nausea. Why? Because I took too much in. I took too much in. Versus staying to one 
idea of food. Well, the same idea applies to our relationship with Jesus. We often think that we need more than Jesus, unless uh, that's what a lot of the world is saying. You need more than just Jesus. Jesus is a good guy, but you can need this with it as well. You need this book to read as well, this book, or, you know, and this show. And I'm not saying books are bad, but the whole idea is that we often think and we're told that we need more than just Jesus. But I'm telling you, that idea is wrong. You just need Jesus. Jesus himself said, you guys, in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Man, Jesus said it pretty simply, didn't he? If you come to me, you will never hunger. Meaning that I'm going to fulfill every crack of desire inside of your soul and you will never hunger again. And every thirst, every longing for thirst of something else, Jesus is saying, come to me and I will, I will fulfill that thirst, that desire for thirst, because I am all that you need. And Jesus is telling us simply that he satisfies. Jesus satisfies if we truly look to him and truly come to him, he will satisfy you. So then, the question that I ask to you all is, are you stuffed in misery with all the do's and don'ts of man and religion? Sometimes I am. All the do's and don'ts, the things that man throws into the whole church scene. Well, if you're tired of all the do's and don'ts and all this buffet thinking that you need to add this in, you need to do that, you don't need to do this, all this stuff going onto your plate, I just say, give me Jesus, man. Give me the plate of Jesus Christ, you know? And and that will satisfy you because then you can truly feast on Jesus. Now, many of you might be thinking like this guy, right? He's like, oh, gross, man. You got to eat Jesus? right? That's disgusting. That's not right. Well, you sound like the Jews then, because they said in John 6, uh, 52, the Jews therefore quarreled amongst themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They were quarreling with each other. Like, how can this guy tell us to eat his flesh? I don't get that. But Jesus was trying to get them to consume in their minds that he is all that they needed. Because Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 53, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. So if you don't partake in Jesus, Jesus alone, you will not have life. You're going to starve. And you think that you're getting filled up on all that stuff, but in a sense, it's just making you fat. You know, and it's not going to give you life. It's going to lead you to death. Uh, But Jesus is the healthy choice, and he will give you life. Amen. So when it comes to spiritual matters, you guys, this lady was all over the place. She was saying, praise God, bless the Lord, dedicated this to the Lord. But then she's all over and saying that I made carved images and molded images. She was spiritually confused. But when it comes to spiritual matters, all you need to remember is that it's just Jesus. Jesus. Jesus alone is all you need. He will satisfy you. And when it comes to physical matters, you don't need the buffet. (laughs) That's funny to me, but... 
okay, now we look at the mother. She was spiritually confused. Now let's look at this guy named Micah. Okay, Micah, you guys, was a young man in the beginning. Okay, because it was, uh, the Bible says that he was a young man, right? And so he took the, the silver, so he was a thief, right? Then as he got older, he became a guy who had a house, who had a shrine of carved and molded images. He was fascinated with the idea of religion. Uh, I would say he was a church fan, okay? He was a fan of church. Uh, because he had an ephod, and he had one of his sons that he consecrated as his own priest. A little weird. And then uh, he wanted the blessing of God for personal gain, as we learned there over in verse 13, when he says, now I know that the Lord will be good to me, since I have a Levite as a priest. He was looking for God to give him that personal gain. And many people, again, you guys, fall in this category that are like Micah as well. They are fans of God and church. They're cheering on the idea of church versus the relationship part of having a relationship with Jesus. They're more of a fan of the organization of the church versus having that personal relationship with Christ. And in fact, you guys, I truly believe that God and church can become a brand to a person. You know, and this is something serious because I had to be corrected by this by the Lord. Because when I was coming up and as the Lord was calling me to pastor, I came into the Calvary Chapel movement and the dove, man, the dove was everywhere. And I was all about the dove, man. I have the hat. I've got it on my car. I've got it. I don't have a tattoo of it, so don't worry about that. But I was, I was like, man, it is all, man, the dove, Calvary Chapel, woo, woo, you know. But God corrected me and said, whoa, it's not a brand, This is a relationship, son. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's not about the brand. It's not about Calvary Chapel. It's not about this church or that church. It's about Jesus, you guys. And I was there one time. I was there and easily. And so like, we've got to check our hearts to make sure that we're just not falling into this brand idea of church. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it needs to be focused on God and doing His ways and following Him. It's not a brand name. It's not like Nike, okay? This is the living God. <laughs> we need to follow Him because God does not desire you to be a fan. Well, what is a fan, you guys? I think in the sports world, a fan is one who is rooting on their team, right? They have the hats on, they have the clothes on, they have the games on, they're recording it, they're, they're, they're screaming out, yeah, go, I'm your number one fan, right? I love you. A fan is one who supports the team, going to games, watching games, fully devoted. But there is a big difference, church, of being a fan and actually being a part of the team, Okay, as much as you think that you're a fan, your team has no clue of who you are. They don't know who you are. They're a team. A fan is really not part of the team. Okay, and many fans fall in this delusion that they are part of the team, (laughs) but they're not. Seriously, guys, seriously. I mean, like they fall into this idea that they are a part of the team. And they are not a part of the team. There is a difference between a fan and being part of the team. And Micah fell into this idea that he was following God, you guys, because he's like, here, come into my house. I have a shrine. 
Like, this is all my shrine uh, of, to God. You know, I have all these images. I have an ephod. Check out my ephod, man. I, I have an ephod. But the point being is, is that he was missing the point. The point was to be serving God, worshiping God, not worshiping the shrine. And, and, and he, he was a fan of this church idea. I mean, to the point of, of, of consecrating his own son, like, I'm such a fan of church and of God, you're going to be my priest in my house. I mean, this guy was crazy, in my opinion, okay? He was, he was not firing on all these cylinders, and so often we can collect all the right pieces, but understand that you're not, by gathering those pieces, you're not really truly on the team. Does that make sense? God desires us to be with him on the team. He wants you to be on the team, not a fan of the team. He wants you on the team. Well, why do I say that? Well, because of what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 21. He says, I do not pray for these alone speaking of his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you, church. He's praying for you. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus was praying that we would be one together and that we would be one in, in God and the Father and Jesus Christ. We would be one together. He wants you on the team. He doesn't want you to be a fan. He wants you on the team. Well, how do you go from fan to a part to, to be on the team? Believe. Believe in Jesus. It's that simple. Believe in Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and, 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 and call him Lord and follow his ways. Trusting in him and not your own ways, but trusting in his ways. Believing in Jesus. That's how you become a part of the team. So Micah, you guys, was not, it looks like he got it, right? But he was so far from it that that he was, again, doing what was right in his own eyes. He thought it was right. That's what God wanted. And the Bible says that God doesn't desire sacrifice, but he desires the heart. And you can have a shrine, you can have all the Christian t-shirts, you can have all the Christian CDs, you can go to every single Christian concert, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're not on the team. You need to be on the team. And again, that's consuming Jesus, being a part of Him, something very challenging to check our hearts on. Am I on the team or am I a fan? Now we come and see the Levite. Now this guy... He was a young man. Verse 7 says, Now there was a young man from Bethlehem in Judah. Of the family of Judah, he was a Levite, and he was staying there. This guy was from the tribe of Levi, and he was homeless. Because it tells us in verse 8 that the man departed from city of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. Then he came to the mountains of Ephraim to the house of Micah as he journeyed. And and Micah said to him in verse 9, Where do you come from? So he said, Uh, To him, I'm a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I'm on my way to find a place to stay. This guy was looking for a place to live, to crash out on. He was homeless. But then we also know that he was a hireling. Well, how do you know that? Well, verse 10 tells me that. Because Micah said to him, dwell with me and be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you 10 shekels of silver per year. And then he gives him his clothes and his food, right? And so the Levite was content with that, and he dwelt with Micah. 
And he became like one of his sons. And so he, Micah, now he's got a Levite. And so he consecrates him to be the priest, uh, a priest. And we know that his thought process behind that was for God to bless him. So looking at the Levite, he was a young man. He was from the tribe of Levi and he was looking for a place to stay and he was a hireling. And there are people like this young man yet today. They have godly roots, right? He had godly roots. He was from the tribe of Levi, grown up in the church, but they're always on the move. They're always on the move. They don't know where home is at. They're always constantly moving. They are not settled until their own personal desires are met. Because this guy, he didn't stop wandering around until he got the deal that he wanted. He kept on moving around until his personal needs were met. And a person can do this at church. A person can do church, can't they? You can do church. It's pretty easy. Come here, 7 o'clock, sit for about an hour and 15 minutes, go home. Uh, Lord willing, you come back on Sunday, sit for another hour and 15 minutes, go home. Doing church is easy, but why are you doing church? Why do you come to church? Are you hopping church to church looking for a place to stay? Or are you here because God has called you to be here? You know, looking at this whole idea, are you coming to church because you are looking to serve God? Are you looking for a church that meets your needs? personally. Now, we are all called to fellowship with one another, okay? Because Hebrews 10 tells us that in verses 24 through 25, it says this, and let us consider one another in the order uh, to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see uh, the day approaching. Guys, God wants us to be together. He wants us to fellowship. He wants the church to come together. And and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day is that speaking of? Well, his return, the second coming, right? So what is the purpose of church or fellowship? Have you guys ever asked that question? What is the purpose of this? To worship God, to stir up love and good works in the name of Jesus. Jesus called us to serve as well, did he not? Because Jesus did, he served, as, as it says in John chapter 13, he says, uh, Jesus saying, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So Jesus wants us to, to serve one another, to serve his name, to, to come, because Jesus was all about whose business, guys? Who's he, who is he about? The Father's. And that should be our heart's desire. We should always be about the Father's business, serving and, 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 and getting involved into God's work and to stir up love within each other and to do those good works that God has put before you so that you can walk in. We, need, we go to church to encourage one another. Ephesians 4.29, I love this verse. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Our words need to edify and build up. So we look for a place to call home. And when I say home, where is God calling you to serve him at? Okay? Are we going into looking at different churches? And there's a lot of different churches, which is fine. 
But often the thought process is, is, what can this church do for me? But the thought process should be, God, is this where you want to use me to serve? God has a home for you. And I pray that this is your home. But approaching that, the thought needs to be, is this where you want me to serve you, God? Not what the pastor wants. Not what the people who are in children's ministry who needs help, okay, or sound or anything like that. Is this where you want me to serve you, God? You know? That should be the question that you ask God when you're looking for a church home. Is this where God wants you to be a part of? Now, this is heavy, right? This is heavy stuff, but it's good stuff. Are we satisfied in the whole picture, you guys? Are we satisfied with Jesus alone? Or are you looking for a variety? Are you a fan of church or are you on the team? Because again, God wants you to be on the team. Are you looking for a place to call home? Again, if so, what are you looking for? Are you looking to fulfill your own needs? Or are you looking to see if this is where God wants you to serve him? Now, I praise God for his grace. (laughs) Because there's times where I've been a fan of church. There's been times where I go to church and saying, what can church do for me? Even serving in a church, I've had that thought. Okay? And then, is Jesus alone? Is, Is he all I need? Now, I've fallen into every single one of those things where I've said, maybe I need a little bit more of that. Maybe this. But by God's grace, he is forgiving. And he is there to guide us on this narrow path that he has called us to. And I praise God for that. Because uh, I know that I need his grace. I need his mercy. I need his forgiveness. But I also know that I need to make a choice and to live my life for him. So, simply... Right? Put, Jesus is all you need. He wants you to be on, his, on the team, and he desires that you serve him. Why is it so simple? I mean, it's so simple, but our flesh makes it so difficult. We often live to satisfy the flesh. Pastor James McDonald, you guys familiar with him? Oh, that guy's man, he's, he's in your face, man. He's awesome. He said this concerning the flesh. If you remove the H in flesh and spell the letters backwards, what do you get? Self. You get the word self. Isn't that so true? When you live in the flesh and you move in the flesh, you're often doing it for yourself. And we need to live for Jesus and deny the flesh daily, Jesus said, to be his disciple. And then when we do that, you guys, from what I'm learning It's so much better to live for Jesus than live for self. And so that that is where we're that's where God was just saying, you know, to me. Now, I pray, you know, you guys, every time that I get done teaching, I pray that it doesn't stop here. I I hope that you go home and you, you pray about this stuff and that you seek the Lord and that your hearts are open to what He has for you guys. But these are things that I'm just sharing with you what God has placed on my heart. That, that I need to know that he is my everything and that I need to be a part of this team and I want to be on his team and he's made the way for me to be on this team through Christ. And I want to serve him because time is getting short, man. We need to continue to look for opportunities to serve God. Amen. 
There's much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Though God doesn't need our money, He most certainly uses our stewardship and faithfulness to accomplish His will. Would you consider giving towards the ongoing expenses of bringing you Grace to the Hearers on this station? If so, a secure option to give a gift of any amount is available by clicking the Donate button at gracetothehearers.com That's gracetothehearers.com Again, to make a secure donation, log on to gracetothehearers.com From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. Mm -hmm.